You're listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the pastor and elder of Believers Baptist Church, and on the episode with me is another one of our elders. I'm not just the elder, Emma Phillip. Well, no, but I got to laugh because you forgot the name of the church you serve at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an elder at, uh, yeah. Yeah, what was the name of that place again? You know, yeah. But I, I it threw myself off. I threw myself off because I said the pastor and the elder. Well, at least everybody knows that this isn't canned, right? Yeah, that, right. That, yeah, that, that yeah. this isn't cut and edited because we, you know, uh, we get to uh, mess up every time. Yeah. Well, we're, we're grateful that you would take a time to listen to this episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, and whoever you may be, wherever you may be, may the Lord bless this episode to your um, spiritual growth. He already has with some levity. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Um, Well, Philip, the question that we want to address in this episode is the question that has come um, to us from two particular texts, is God the Savior of all people? So the text is drawn from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. And then also from 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So typically in our circles, Philip, which um, right now is Southern Baptist, and in Southern Baptist circles, the tendency um, is to believe and even to preach that Jesus died for everyone. Yes, but and and when you read these texts that I just read, um, it certainly seems that that would be a true statement that Jesus is the Savior of all men. That's what the text in Timothy says that Savior of all people. But then there's the qualifier, especially those who believe. Right. Um, and then we have the other one that we read about uh, the propitiation. Uh, yeah, he's the propitiation for the whole world. So I get where. Um, people would understand that Jesus is the Savior for the whole world. But but I think we need to, to work through this and, and try to bring some understanding as best we can to it. Sure. Well, uh, both of them, if, if they're taken the way they're typically presented, I think, by um, um, Southern Baptists. Um, well, I, let's just get, let's make it broader. Um, an Arminian, um, you know, if you have Arminian lenses, if that's what you come to the Scripture with, I think that you're immediately... You know, drawn to to make this some kind of universal atonement, both of these some kind of universal atonement passages. Um, the word propitiation certainly has uh, atonement in its in its view, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so um, where the Savior, not necessarily. We can get to that one in a second. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the First John two two, where it says, "I'm not the propitiation for the whole world, not us only, but for the propitiation of the whole world." Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I, I, if we take all of Scripture together, then we can't be looking at atonement here because if he, the word propitiation means to satisfy, right? right? So if Jesus Christ has satisfied the sin debt 
for every human being, well, then we're, we, we are left with universal salvation, right? Because mm-hmm. their sins have been satisfied. Mm-hmm. Right. Their sins dealt with, with, Christ, with, with the Father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so God has no longer any complaint. He has no longer any um, justice to be meted out, no more any wrath to be, to be served against sin because it was satisfied in the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the way we understand it, then we have universal salvation. Well, even most, most people aren't there. I mean, they mm-hmm. would at least reserve hell for, for a few bad people. Right. So um, what is it saying? Well, I think that it's really simply understood as um, there is only one offer of, uh, there's only one who can satisfy the sins. Mm-hmm. Only one offering given to the world. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to, to the Father. There's only one um, ultimate sacrifice given, and that is Jesus Christ. So when John is writing, he's saying it's not just the, sat- the, the, the satisfaction for, for us, the Jews. It's not just the satisfaction for this particular little group of people. He is the only satisfaction given for the world. Right. He's it. He's the only propitiation. Mm-hmm. He's the only Savior. That's it. He's mm-hmm. the only one given. Right. right, he is the only means under heaven by which, name under heaven by which men must be saved. Right. right, there is no other name. I think that's the context which probably we should understand it mm. without um, lending ourselves to some kind of universal uh, salvation. Right, right, and right. so that would make sense of the propitiation text. Well, the, the one about the Savior of all um, may have a, a slightly um, different way to look at it. In because he says um, he is the savior of all men, especially those who believe. So what does that mean, right? Because I think uh, if we, uh, I'm giving you my perspective. You interject anytime you want. Well, no, I, I'm agreeing with you, and I think that I know where the where to even go from the from this Timothy text in the idea that since Jesus has come, mm-hmm. um, with there are common graces given to all people. Yes, um, common graces of mercy, common graces of um, help, common graces of um, society and uh, social uh, mannerisms and characteristics. These things then become um, graces that have come because Christianity, through the person and work of Christ, has changed hearts, transformed lives, so that now these transformed lives have um, had an impact on culture. They've been salt. Mm-hmm. They've been light. And so the common graces of benevolence and medical help, those things come. Yes, and I think in that sense, yeah, there is a, there is a sense in which Jesus the Savior has had a positive but temporal benefit for all of humanity, yes. every human being that's ever existed. Right. Um, I would even argue before he came as Savior that there's, there's common graces that are, that are ours. Even though they were before he came in the incarnation, mm-hmm. they would become through him ultimately because all things the Bible says are ultimately going to be fulfilled for his glory, right? right? right. And so even um, the common goods that were known before him ultimately are going are served out for his benefit, right. right? So in that sense, we can understand that even before he was, he came in the flesh to be our savior. Um, Everything from the beginning of mankind onward has been ultimately serving out God's purposes that are going to be fulfilled in the glory of the Son and the manifestation and then the glory of the Father, right? Mm. So um, that being said, we could see that there's a commonness in every grace that is ours because of Jesus Christ. Right, right. And um, I think 
I, th- I think you were spot on earlier when you said, you know, the exclusivity of Jesus being the only propitiation. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right. That kind of teaching and understood, that would be understanding, that would be the testimony of all of Scripture, mm-hmm. really, this idea that the exclusivity of Jesus being the only Savior. And again, back in our Timothy text, I think we, we take it this way, um, but you may have had some other thought about the the, the 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 especially to those who believe. Well, I think that that is where it gets narrowed down. So mm-hmm. I would say that there is a a, a general benevolence, a mm-hmm. general um, common grace. You know, is that what we call it? Common right. grace, right? Um, to all men, and in that sense, Jesus, uh, there's a benefit to all men because of who Christ is, but particularly. The atoning benefit, the actual satisfaction that we talked about in the in the in the um, First John text, right? Uh-huh. The satisfaction that is provided, the propitiation that's provided, is especially known to those. It says here who believe, right? Right. Those are other places are called the elect, or called the chosen, or or whatever whatever term you want to use. They're all ultimately. Um, descriptives of this group of people whom the Father has given the Son, and that is, um, that in particular is the especially, I think, is what it's spelling out for us. There is something particular about this group of people that's distinct from this other group of people. There's a division being made. What is that? Because Jesus, um, there is a certain commonness or benevolence that is offered to all men, right. but, but there's a particularity of the benevolence and the kindness and the grace that's offered to these people who believe. Right. You know, in Second in Peter, we we have that that verse. Um, I believe it's chapter three, verse nine. Mm-hmm. The Lord is slow to fulfill His promise, mm-hmm. as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any perish, but that all should reach repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's He long suffering toward? You, uh, yeah, you who you. the beloved who that's the letter the, is addressed to? Yeah, that's who he's making the argument about. So right. he is. He, there's an especially there. Isn't right, it? right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that once you once you understand, even as Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, mm-hmm. that he prays not just for the world, for the world, but for those who you have given. Yeah, not John seven. Yes, John seventeen nine. Um, and you know, yeah, that whole text is unbelievable. When it, you want to talk about the specificity of God's plan, the Son's um, work, His intercession. I mean, the entire time He's talking about His high priestly work, which was which is combined of two things, right? He sanctifies Himself apart as uh, as the sacrifice and the intercessor, mm-hmm. right? This is what the high priest does, and the whole chapter in this prayer as He's working out. That he's doing his high priestly duty of intercession. He says it's for a particular group of people and not for the rest. Mm-hmm. And he says over and over and over, that particular group of people are named as those whom you have given me, right. those whom you have given me, those whom you have given me. He says that over and over. And then he ultimately says they won't be lost. They won't be cast aside. They're, they're going to know me in my, in my pre-incarnation state. They're going to get to see the glory I had with you before the foundations existed. Why? Because I manifested your name to them. Right. This is the picture. Right. I think that the way that we can understand it, the way that we've said it before, and and the way that Reformed theology would say it is that Jesus' life, 
death, sacrificial atoning death on the cross is sufficient for all, but it's effective for the elect. Yeah. The the ones who are the ones who are given. Yeah, for the sake of the length of this podcast, um I, I won't get into my thoughts on that. But <laughs> but yeah, no, that is true. That has been typically what's said. I'm not I'm not particular I don't know that's particularly helpful to use the what how what is it sufficient for argument only because um in God's purpose and his decrees, right? I mean, if he mm-hmm. if he purposed a certain group to be saved, um, this the sufficiency of it is, um, I mean, whether it's sufficient for those who will not be saved or not is really not significant. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always thought that it's sufficient for any sin. Sure. Um, but but especially the fact that those who would believe have repented of their sins. Yeah, and there's people may, way smarter than me that, oh, yeah. that love that um, that have said that, and I and I and I certainly not um, not trying to argue against them, but right, I'd right. love to have that discussion to just just to tickle my own ears. I guess. Right, right. Well, I, and I think what we're saying in answering the question is God the Savior of all people? No, no. He is the the Savior for those. Who, as John six teaches, in an eternal sense, right? In a temporal sense, he is. He is. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. But uh, as John six says, these are the ones that you've given me. Right. The Father has given a people to the Son. The Son has procured their salvation, and then the Spirit has worked that salvation in time into those people. That's right. All right. Well, it's short podcast, but we pray that the. question has been answered. If you, again, have any questions that you would like to submit to us, uh, please go online and look at our website, and there's a place there that you can submit questions. You can always call the church office and submit your questions that way. Uh, We'll take them in conversation. If you just come to us and talk with us face-to-face, we'll be glad to um, put the question that you might have on the podcast, and it's always um, our joy, our privilege to be able to try to answer the podcast or the question in a podcast episode. So um, be aware of that opportunity. And again, any ratings, reviews, any shares that you might want to give would be helpful to move this podcast along to other people who might benefit. Amen. Amen.